Um, that lady that used to have the talk show that, that would fling the scrunchies at the crowd. Who the hell was that? Kathy clang, Lee? Clang, clang with the trolley. Ring, ring, ring with the bells. I can't remember I what it really was. She was in the... Family Guy? Is this referencing something else? I don't know what the hell it is. Clang, she clang, in, clang. Uh, she was in that, base, that women baseball movie. She was like oh, Rosie movie. O'Donnell. Oh, my God. Yeah, you sound like Rosie O'Donnell. She disappeared, eh? She's totally, like... I don't think anyone misses she's, it. She's actually a good actress. Yeah, that uh, erotic movie she was in with Dan Aykroyd. That was this. That was amazing. Um, so fucking bad. Uh, hello, everybody, watching out there in Internet Land, to the Joysticks Canada podcast, Gamescast. I don't even know what to call it anymore. Um, that being said, today is a very special day. May the 4th, otherwise known as uh, the day that the Star Wars nerds are let loose and run amok amongst the... Uh, Omega Geek. The Omega Geek. <laughs> Ram lover. Uh, I'm your, I'm one of the hosts of this lovely show, uh, Dan John, and I'm joined by Richard Marginson and Mike Black. Nick Van Vlyman will be joining us Whenever the hell he decides to. Um, so he'll just kind of hop on. Nick's very tardy. Yes, he's very tardy. I have other words that I'd use to describe him, but... Tardy is tardy he's is very important. He's very... <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of figured, you know, there's more than enough Star Wars crap to talk about. We can, you know, pretty much focus just on that for the entire show. Just... Uh, there's enough games, TV shows, movies, you name it, that are either out, coming out, uh, chat about even like the first movie we saw in the theater. Um, yeah, all sorts of fun stuff. Speaking of which, that is kind of a cool little thing that I just popped into my head, was the first movie that I actually ever saw in the theater. I swear to God, and this is kind of aging myself quite a lot, but I... Swear to God, I remember seeing uh, Jabba the Hutt on a movie theater while I was sitting in someone's lap, like as a child, like a young oh, wow. child. And Jedi was what eighty three, right? So I would have been, I would have been three. So like that's kind of old enough to have a memory of that. But all I remember was looking at a massive fucking screen with like a big green monster on it and being obviously terrified as hell did you start crying probably i don't know i i have very very loose but very vivid memories of when i was like three or four years old i can't remember much but there's a few things where i've like talked to my parents about it and they're like oh yeah no that definitely happened i was like oh shit okay but yeah that was kind of like the first star wars like in theater experience that i had was uh 
was that. And then, like, the first real, real one that I had was, uh, obviously episode one. I think that's probably most people's. Um, I we did... saw one in the theater together. That was my first one. And that wasn't episode one. That I, was like... I guess it was the special edition ones, right? Like, they did re-release those in 90... What was it? 94? 94? Uh, yeah, it's probably 1997. That was, like, the first Star Wars movie I saw in the theater. Mm. Was when yeah, those got released. Oh, okay. Yeah, so those yeah, are kind of like... The first one. Yeah. And then the second one, I was just like, I don't know if I want to see this, because he's changed all sorts of shit. And then I went to go see that, and I was like, how about fucking seeing the third one? Fuck this. So I, I never saw the third one. <laughs> the, you know, the specialized editions or whatever. Theaters. Yeah, the... Uh... And I never went to go see Phantom. Really? I don't actually think I saw any of the prequels in theaters. Holy shit. I was, yeah, I was their opening day for all three of them. I think we saw all of them together, Dan. Probably. Episode one, I I never lined up at all for any of them. Um, I have one of my brother's friends. He, I'm not even shitting you, I think he took off two weeks. Two weeks to line up for episode one. Um, he was one of the first people in Canada, I think, to see it. But he's, like, he, like, gets paid, I think, at this point. Like, he gets paid to, like, do cosplay and stuff as, like, as people from Star Wars. And, like, he's in one of those, like, like Stormtrooper regiments or whatever they're called. Like, they're, like, literal things where, like, he gets paid to go to places and, like, do, like, just appearances or whatever. Anyways, he's he's the he is literally the biggest Star Wars fan slash nerd I've ever met in my life, and it's I wish I was that passionate about anything. But anyways, he yeah, he's I never lined up for any of them, but I definitely did see all all three of the uh, like the the prequel prequel trilogy in the theaters. So, um, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to chat about like. What are, uh, you know, what our most favorite and maybe least favorite Star Wars games were just throughout history since there's only been about 500 Star Wars games since, uh, you know. Give or take. Since the, well, I guess, like, the what's the original Star Wars game? Would it have been, like, I don't even think the 2600 had a Star Wars game, did it? Uh, arcade Star Wars game. A Star Wars arcade, like the Vector, the Vector Star yeah, Wars yeah, arcade exactly. game. I think that was probably, I yeah, want to say that was the first Star Wars video game ever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, Empire, was 1982. When was that? 1982? Yeah, that wouldn't have been 2600. That would have been... I'm trying to think... Oh, yeah, you know, you know what? The Star Wars arcade game came out on uh, <laughs> 32X, of all things. That was, like, one of the very, very, very few selling features of the 32X was that it had the Star Wars uh, the Star Wars arcade yeah. game for it. And it. It ran really well because it was, like, vector-based. It The yeah. frame rate was, like, super quick, and it actually it kind of benefited from the hardware. It says... Yeah, it says Star Wars 83 to 88 was the arcade game. I don't know why they put an end date there. And then there was a Commodore 64 game called Death Star Interceptor. Weird. Or that one. Oh. And then the Famicom Star Wars, which I guess was just a port of the arcade game. 
uh, done Star Wars Attack on Death Star 91, Star Wars for the NES 91, Super Star Wars 92 for the SNES, huh. and then Star Wars Arcade 93 re-released for the 32X. That's kind of it. Oh, there's an 82. Oh, hang on. Here it is. Yeah, so it is an Empire. Oh, you're right. Atari 2600 in the television. The Empire Strikes Back, 82. Fucks. No way. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Okay. I had no idea. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so like, you know, what's everyone's favorite Star Wars game that you've actually played? I know I I will happily go first, and it's it's a kind of like a like a, a sibling bonding moment, I guess you could say. It was uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter on PC. It's by far my favorite Star Wars game of all time, and a big reason for that, I remember playing it with my brother, who's... I want to say he's almost nine years older than me. Eight or nine years older than me. I actually can't remember now. Shit. Um, but we played it on PC together, so I don't know if you guys remember that game that much or as much as I did I don't know but you could you could set it up to be like super advanced controls so like I would control the keyboard and he would control the flight stick That's or vice awesome. versa so he would be like divert you know <laughs> super nerding out and everything he's like divert shields to the to the actual like friggin uh the weapons or whatever like move the you know move all the power from the shields to the weapons I'm like okay cool so I would hit the keys and like do all sorts of shit on the keyboard, and he would be flying around shooting. I was like, oh, this is so friggin' cool. And I just remember, like, him and I absolutely loving every minute of that. So it was like... That's so cool. Every, like, looking back at that, like, there's a there's so many good Star Wars games out, but, like, that was uh, that was definitely the most, like, memorable experience. One of the most memorable experiences I've, I've ever had, yeah. I think, with games. It's adorable. Stole a tiny bit of my thunder because, but it was so sweet that I I can't be mad at you um, because uh, X X Wing the first one X Wing yeah. was like yeah my kind of seminal PC game. Remember we had a IBM whatever the fuck it was at the time uh, set up in the living room, and I don't even know how I got the game. I like I genuinely do not remember where it came from or even how I got a flight stick for it. But I do remember sitting for hours there, just like playing X-wing, totally enveloped in like the um, in in the play and and yeah, all the power management stuff. And it was just uh, it was like fulfilling fantasies for me that oh yeah, uh, a video game hadn't done before, basically. Oh, it's it's yeah, it was it was such a cool uh, such a cool experience, man. And like you yeah. didn't you didn't know what you were missing back then either because it was like yeah games look so much better now but I'm like who gives a shit I that at the oh. time that was like I was piloting a Tie Fighter or an X Wing or whatever it's like holy yeah. crap I, I have played the new one it's great and it's got all the same sort of stuff but also when I don't have my headset out anymore so I can't put it on uh, mockingly somewhat mockingly uh, but you know like in VR it's just like fuck I'm in this cockpit like, I, can I look still at haven't played it in VR like, yeah oh, okay alright fine so like 20 years later whatever it's it's incredible but more than 20 years I don't know how long ago that would have been 25 years but um, well even longer now almost yeah, 30 years probably my you know whatever 11 or 12 year old brain like it was just the greatest thing that has ever happened oh yeah no it was it was incredible man like it's 
yeah, the, in, in terms of, like, immersing yourself in, like, the whole Star Wars universe and stuff, those games still have done it better than, I think, any other yep. Star Wars game that I've played. Yes, the the squadrons though it, it is it is good, but I just found I don't know I don't know what it is. It just it it hasn't like it hasn't moved along with other games as I would have hoped it would. Like it's 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 too much like the original like X Wing and Tie Fighter games where it's like okay yeah. I get it. There's dog fighting. What else? Like well that that oh, that's, that, a... that's it. I'm like oh, okay. But you're but you're wearing your quest. Too, yeah, that's true. That's therefore, true. it's way better. That's true. Than anything you experienced beforehand. Yeah, that's true. I don't know, Mike. Did you? Did you? Have you played many of the Star Wars games, or like? Yeah, like I like the uh, the N sixty four one. The uh, Shadows Shadow of the, the Empire. Yeah, Shadow of the Empire Shadows was the Empire. awesome. That was pretty fun. That was really good. I was pretty blown away by that. I thought the visuals for it were pretty awesome at the time. Like. You know, truth be told, I've never been a big Star Wars fan, but like I wanted to try the game because I thought it looked so cool. So that was neat, and I I devoured Knights of the Old Republic, um, the first one and the second one. Love both of them. First one for sure is my favorite, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what got me into that developer. I think. I think that's why I played Mass Effect is because I like Knights of the Old Republic so much. Yep. I think that's why a lot of people who got into Bioware stuff is just because of KOTOR, right? It's like, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. That's why I was hyped for the first Mass Effect. I read the book as a prequel, like preface it before I even played the game, and then when the game came out, I was like, "Well, this, this kind of stinks." <laughs> well, Mass Effect. <laughs> Yeah. You're like the book's yeah. better than the game. How is this even possible? I get yeah, to play the game. I, I got stuck with the fucking rover thing on a bunch of spots that I couldn't oh, really yeah. start the game and move back to progress, and I just quit. So anyway, yeah, I'm I'm totally <laughs> with you. Um, oh, who is it? It's uh, Bioware, right? Yeah, yeah, Bioware. yeah, yeah. If they were to make another one of those, like a modern one of those, I'd totally be down. I have tried to go back and play Kotor. I don't know if anyone else has tried to do that. I've tried it on PC with um, some mods installed to like get it running performance-wise, and I've tried it on uh, iPhone. Yeah, it's on yeah, mobile it's too, which just... I'm like, huh? That seems yeah, and it's just stinks. Mm. Like, I, I the mobile one that stalled at the swoop races, which is like ridiculously early on. I didn't even make it off. And the PC one, I finally made it off, and I made it to like, the training uh, montage or whatever. Uh, that he goes through, but uh, it was it was choppy. It was tough to like pick up uh, gear and stuff off the ground. It was it was just not a well optimized experience. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still kind of confused why they Which even is... like released that game for mobile. Seemed a little bit weird. I don't know. It's a tr- it's a travesty that that game is. I wouldn't say unplayable, but it's it's in as bad of a state that it is in in modern times, given all the other stuff that we've had re-released. Like somebody should spend some time and money on getting that into a better state, and um, I would I would ask, Which, <laughs> excuse me, to pay for it. Yeah. Um, there's a rumor that that's being remade, actually. I heard that oh, just right. a week ago on one of my podcasts. So. Or remastered? Like I've Kotor? heard that rumor recently, too. But I've heard yeah. that rumor before. And I've so that'd be exciting. 
Well, they might as shit. They might as well. I like get the Mass Effect Legendary Edition thing looks like it's gonna be pretty, pretty killer. So, it was funny because I was, I was watching the like the comparison video that they released recently for Mass Effect, like the, the Legendary versus like the original, and like I was looking at that kind of like it, it looks a like a bit better, but like the original game still looks awesome. <laughs> And, like, a lot of the comments were like, holy shit, this just makes you realize how good the original game looked. Where, like, it almost looks the same, and it still looks awesome. Like, they definitely they definitely have, like, upgraded it. Like, it's all 4K, and it's all, like, you know, all these crazy post-processing things that they've added to the game. But it still looks, like, the, the character models still look awesome. Like, they haven't really had to do a whole lot to it to, to upgrade it. But to your point, Richard, that whole rover thing on, like, the in Mass Effect 1... <clears throat> apparently that's one of the th like, like one of the first things they were saying that they fixed was like the the rover the rover missions or whatever don't suck now like <laughs> yeah. they they all but said that yeah, I was I like think... oh good I've uh, I've got a buddy of mine who's replayed those a couple of times and I'm super jealous of like him being so into them and I'm you know if I wasn't thirty eight and two kids and full time job I'd totally be down for like this is gonna be my hundred and twenty hour project now. I was going to totally invest in these three video Yeah, games. Yeah, when I saw it announced, I was like, that's cool. I'll never play it. Next. <laughs> like, I'd love to be able to play it. But I I could play and beat about a dozen other games instead during that yeah. time. So, But it would be a worthwhile experience. And, and yeah, I know, I know. I think, and the, well, I think it would be. Maybe if you've played them before, maybe not. I don't know. But I haven't played them so I've, I've, not, I've never played two i've never played three i've played just a tiny bit of one so for me i think it would be a pretty worthwhile endeavor to to kind of embark on but we're talking like a multi-year journey at this point in my life that you know <laughs> to your point like i would be missing out on a whole lot of things that well, would be a little bit more bite-sized and probably uh that's more thing. doable for for my current state I'd, yeah, I'd rather play, you know, Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil and a few other games. Like, right. I'd, I'd rather kind of yeah. disperse, you played them, though, didn't disperse you, my time. I played Mass Effect 1 quite yeah, a lot. Um, I got really far in Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 2, I tried a little bit. Mass Effect 3, I tried a little bit. Even Andromeda, I played a little bit. Um, oh, jeez. Like, post-patch, post-mega-patch that they released to try to fix that entire game um mass effect 3 like gameplay wise mass effect 3 was definitely the best feeling of all of them it felt almost like uh i don't know like almost like a like a cover shooter but with more strategy like you could do like magic which was basically magic it was just like sci-fi version of magic whatever you want to call that like the force is basically magic um. But yeah, Mass Effect Three was definitely uh, the the best gameplay wise. But, um, but yeah. Um, getting back to Star Wars, guys, fellas, gents. Um. Now that we've now that we've kind of covered our, our I I can't really think of my least favorite Star Wars game. I'm like, they're not. There isn't really one. Like I, 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 I tried thinking one. I'm like, eh, least favorite game. Yeah, I don't know. I tried a bit of, uh, what was it called? Force Arena? On mobile. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, okay. Well, mobile, yeah, okay. Mobile games should be stricken from... <laughs> Are they? Okay. Even though yeah, I know you still play probably that. Uh, I do, yeah. yeah. So that's the thing is like my daily mobile game is a Star Wars game. But okay, <laughs> was it if, if Tiny Death Star or record, Yeah, I don't really think I played a bad Star Wars game. Uh, that's the thing. I haven't played one where I'm like, fuck, what a piece of crap. Like maybe that yeah. like lightsaber connect one, but I never actually played that because I, I was like, I'm one. staying away from that thing. Yeah, I don't have a connect, so I made it easy. See, I did, and I still was like, nope, don't want to play that. So, I don't know. In terms of movies, though, now that Nick's joined, we can actually talk oh, about favorite, favorite Star Wars movie and least favorite Star Wars movie. The episodes one through three, it doesn't matter <laughs> what order, Wait, They're yeah. interchangeable? One through three in terms of hate. Uh, and then uh, uh, favorites? Favorite? I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to say. Uh, uh, does miniseries count, or are movies the only thing we're talking about? I'm talking about like movies, like episodes, you know, one through nine. Solo, Rogue One. Uh, then I think Rogue One. Yeah. Eh? As much as I liked Solo, I think I liked Rogue One. It was a little darker. Uh, you know, it was meant to be a little darker. Yeah. Uh, I found I found Solo to falling on the tropes that a lot of Marvel movies now are falling on, uh, like just bright, colorful, polished, you know, not gritty, not, you know, anything of that nature. And when you think of Solo, I, I think of, you know, Tantooine and, uh, you know, I think of dirty and musky and like, how did you get there? Like you had to break uh, walk on people's backs and do dirty, dastardly things. And that movie wasn't it. Yes. Yeah. Solo is supposed to be basically an asshole, like a, a kind of like a backstabbing asshole to a certain extent. And yeah, that character in that movie just didn't seem like that kind of guy. He was way too nice. <laughs> and like, Likeable, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue yeah. One. Oh, sorry. Go on, Richard. I was going to say he's roguish, right? Like, you're not sure if he's going to do yeah. the, the wrong thing. You know, part of the end where uh, spoiler for the movie Han Solo coming in, like where he shoots Woody Harrelson. I'm like, all right, that's, you know, um, you start to see like, okay, he'll do the right thing, even if it means killing somebody, essentially. Yeah. Well, and and I think a lot of people kind of get shied away from Star Wars movies because they're like, you know, you're shooting you're shooting troopers, you're shooting people with helmets on, so they're not really perceived as as people, yeah. as individuals, right? And I think it's interesting because uh in the new trilogy, uh Finn obviously takes off his helmet and so you immediately are able to create uh, a projected understanding of what this person's going through as a conscripted individual who's been pushed into um, working or, or being a part of that army. Mm. Whereas everything up until that point, they're just shooting troopers or they're shooting droids, right? So you don't really think about the death toll or the implication of what that person or, or that it was a person. So, so shooting Woody Harrelson, it's, it's a big moment because it's like you've just shot a person. When in reality, these whole movies are about shooting people. Yeah. Or in the Stormtroopers' yeah. case, Blowing not, not people. shooting people. 
<laughs> Blowing up planets. Exactly. Like, I, I think, the, like, Mike's got it playing in his background here, and I think the first trilogy had redeemable parts to it. Everything with exception to Hayden Christensen. Oh, fuck, uh, and, and, and him being attached to it whatsoever. I mean, I think this is where Lucas and whoever did the casting for this was like, hey, if we get, like, a big name or a name that people can associate with, then, you know, it'll make make things better, right? And and I think a lot of people immediately said, well, you casted the original movie with nobodies and or, or with virtual nobodies. And I, I think that's what kind of helps nurture these roles a little bit more because then they're nobody to you and they're creating iconic roles out of those yeah no you're right that's that's one of the things that they i don't know i they obviously had a lot of money thrown at them because it was like if if lucas was like hey here's 250 million dollars or whatever the hell it was like do do what you can with this he's the first thing he's gonna do is like oh shit what actress can i get with this it's like you're not gonna because the actors are gonna draw people to the movie, right? At least that's what. Because like when when the original Star Wars came out, it didn't make like you know two hundred million dollars opening weekend. It took a it took a little while for it to like take off. Because like what the hell is this Star Wars thing? It was all word of mouth and all that kind of stuff. So I I do okay. I do agree. I wish I wish they had have used more like no name actors for the original trilogy because they could have they could have just started off from scratch because no one knew what anakin looked like when he was a kid no one looked no one knew what qui-gon jinn looked like for christ's sake like what they didn't need liam neeson for that they could have just used anybody and like obi even obi-wan it's like great ewan mcgregor was you know he was fine as obi-wan i guess he was totally fine ewan mcgregor's a fantastic actor man. oh he, he is but they didn't need him they could have used like any fucking british actor for that right but counterpoint uh how many years later like Almost twenty years later, we're going to benefit from Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor in the General Kenobi or the Obi Wan Kenobi. Okay, uh, but you know what? Let me counter challenge that because <laughs> I, I think it wouldn't have mattered who it was. They probably would have been mm. able to do it, knowing the money making engine that Marvel has turned uh, everything into, <clears> and <throat> how Disney is now benefiting from the miniseries and everything else. I mean. The, the reality is, uh, I mean, the pandemic happened at the right time in the worst possible way uh, for a lot of things. But but TV and streaming services are just like booming right now. Everything from Picard to all of these miniseries have had such a massive resurgence and they've thrown money at the production value. And that's the big takeaway in all of this. It's like, yeah, yeah, in order to make money, we're going to have to spend a little bit of money. We're not just going to make this, you know, cheesy made at home kind of video in the basement type of thing. We're going to throw some production at it. I mean, not big budget like a movie was. I mean, there's certainly some of the CG is kind of Shit, questionable. It's, it's but, close to it, though, man. Some of these. But plausible deniability kicks in and you're like, it's Star Wars. I'm yeah. Who gives a shit? Forego, <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to forego those little nuances and uh, you know the scenes with ahsoka i like those that was money that was, that was bank right i mean yeah. and of course now people are like holy shit she after clone wars she disappeared uh i mean if you've read the books then you kind of have an idea as to where she's gone but you know for everybody else then now you have the ability to introduce you know like what happens to her and again, like they introduced uh, Luke Skywalker to the end of it too, right? So I mean, like all of these things are now being tied in 
to fill those gaps. Like what happened in all of those years between, you know, Ben destroying everybody and going crazy and like slaughtering all of the Padawans and the learners or whatever <laughs> to, to Luke. Right. I mean, like, oh, that this, yeah. Right. So I, I, it was a little disappointing that they didn't do a better job with Luke knowing full well that, you know, somebody with a little bit of, um, uh, what's the technology for duping people's faces? Uh, it's off the top of my deep tongue. Deep fake. Thank you. Deep fake. They deep faked Luke's face afterwards, and it was like head over tails better. And it took the guy <laughs> two hours apparently to do it or something. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully, studios learn a bit of a hard lesson. It's a tough pill to swallow, but you know, I think the vast majority of people are are going to forgive them on the nuance of a of a wow kind of feel well, to it, right? So going back to your whole thing about like no name actors and all that kind of stuff, like Rogue, that's one of the reasons Rogue One I thought was so good was because, like, at no point during the movie was I taken out of the experience by watching some big triple, you know, huge AAA actor. It was like I, I recognized everybody kind of, but none of them were huge blockbuster Fucking stars. Whitaker. I was just gonna say. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's good, but he was—he's such a friggin' good actor, though. He's yeah, he was such a good actor, though, man. He just like consumed that character, and he wasn't Forrest Whitaker in that movie at all. It was like someone completely different. But like all the actors in that movie, they were all so yeah, they were like C or B list actors kind of thing. Like I've seen her in something. I can't remember her name though. Like that was everybody. That was everybody in that movie. But I, well, so, and one of the guys. Wife. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, go, go. I with my wife. She's like, "Oh, the guy from Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights." I was like, "What the fuck is that?" It's just some guy. Well, I was gonna say one of the the Jedi uh, guards or whatever the the priests at the temple, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I forget whatever his name is. Fairly yeah, well known. Ip, Ip Man, right? Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, true. He's he's a you know a big name. But but guess, but again, he, he played a really good role. And yeah. and I think when you've got there, there's a certain pedigree for certain actors that can play to their strengths. And you know, looping back to Hayden Christensen and even the the young uh, kid from the original trilogy, uh, mm -hmm. just terrible acting. I mean, like. Haley Joan Osmond did a better job in the limited amount of kid movies that he did than this kid did. And, and of course, the, the actor who played Anakin looks back and goes, I never acted after that because I got ridiculed, right? He, he, yeah. His life was murderous afterwards, right? So, I mean, yeah. like, like you, you want to talk about a, a PTSD moment when you've, you know, are, are part of a massive worldwide phenomena franchise... And you're looked at at butchering a role, right? Yeah. Yep. That was I mean, watch Mike's background with that uh, one battle that I think had some redeeming qualities in that trilogy. That, I got I gotta wonder if they were just asked to swing stuff around, just haphazardly, and they would just kind of cut a whole bunch of stuff together. It's like just just be menacing. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of which, I need to talk about my least favorite and my most favorite, most favorite, favorite, favoritist. Fav my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with favoritist. Yeah, multiple favorites, I guess. Um. Yeah. So least favorite has to be episode two, 
the attack of well, attack of the clones, whatever it was. It there was no there's zero redeeming qualities in that movie. Whereas like episode one had, I think Richard and I were talking about this briefly earlier. Like it had pod racing. I don't give a shit what anyone says. The pod racing was amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It was so much fun. It's still it's still awesome to watch. I still love it. And obviously that Darth Maul Obi Wan fight was just it was it was it was so great at the time. It's yeah. still kind of it's still pretty fun to watch even now. I'm like, and it, it, Jake Lloyd was absolutely terrible. Jar Jar Binks was absolutely terrible. Like, there's a lot of shitty bits in that movie. It's like it's difficult to watch now, but like it had some redeeming qualities. Even episode three had like the whole arc where it's like, oh, you're seeing Anakin go fucking ballistic and like he's turning into Darth Vader now. Like this is this is like it was really kind of cool. Like for a little bit of the movie. <laughs> um, but, like, Attack of the Clones, though, man. Attack of the Clones. I can't even remember the movie. All I remember from it was... All I remember from it was this, the ridiculous scenes where Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman are rolling around in the goddamn lawn or whatever with the... Stu- oh, my God. Fuck. I, I, I've tried to forget that entire movie. I think the scene that that resonates me or resonates with me the most is the scene where they're at the table eating, and he uses the force to lift the finger or lift the fork and feed her type of thing. And I'm like, one, that was absolutely atrocious. Two, if you think of the age difference, like even just factoring, dude, in it's messed the up. Difference between these characters, it's it's absolutely atrocious. Like they couldn't have found a better way to to do this. Uh, yeah, the pod racing aspect. I'm gonna circle back to that one really quick. <laughs> I think it's there are parts of it that are good, but I think the unnecessary comical aspects are what deterred away. And I think at that point, you know, Star Wars was going the route of what made the first one uniquely funny was the charisma between. Um, on Solo and Princess Leia and the bantering that they It was had the dialogue. It was the dialogue it, it, and the characters. It wasn't like stupid slapstick shit. It was, yeah, it was... It felt organic. It felt like it belonged. It felt like you, you yeah. had a confliction, um, a friction between two different very strong personality individuals. And, and then with this one, they went a completely different route. Now, recognizing that we also were coming off of Batman with bat suits that had nipples and all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, like, the 90s had all sorts of really wonderfully crazy stuff. And I can't exactly remember when the episode one came out. Was it... 99. Okay, so 99. So we're at the tail end of what I would define as one of the worst decades of overall movie because, like... (laughs) <laughs> CG was just shit and overused. They they were using it as a solution for literally everything. Practical effects took a backseat. You know, th- thankfully, a lot of people have recognized how to do practical effects more efficiently and effectively, uh, and that that leads to a more believable atmosphere. Honestly, even the pod racing, I was just like, it felt short, it felt stupid, and. I've seen anime do it better, and I've said Redline before. I would watch Redline <laughs> over to pod racing. Oh yeah, like even a question. Th- this like today, you're not wrong, but like back then, holy crap, was it ever like it blew I, I, my mind? Have you guys seen more than anything's blown my mind? 
they stitched together all three movies into one. What? They did a supercut? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna Does it last like six day. minutes I'm or something? <laughs> Let me explain to you what they did, okay? So they, they put together those three movies into like one like, okay, just watch these three. These are the prequels. And this is what I plan to do with my children. They will watch this, they will not watch the the originals until such time as uh, they can deal with Jar Jar. So <laughs> In the first movie, the, you get to watch the full thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They make you watch it. I know they are. Uh, they already know about Jar Jar from oh. like, books that we read. Anyway, um, the only scene from the entire first movie is the fight with Darth Maul. And the entire movie, the entire like supercut starts with that, and it, that's it. That's the only thing that's in there. <laughs> everything else is like from the other two movies. Nothing else from the first movie made it into that supercut. None of it. None of it's. No, yeah. None of it's necessary. It's all. Aren't you supposed to empathize with uh, Anakin somehow, though? No, you like, don't. How no. Else are you supposed to empathize with the guy. He's a stupid kid. Okay. No one gives a shit. Just... Had one. Good. Don't worry. Uh, you know what? So to Mike's point, I, I think while you want to understand where he started, I think that first movie was a complete toss away for building a character. All you're doing there is introducing the character introducing him that he's got some mechanical skill, right? He supposedly built C-3PO, right? I, I love how that fact is never really it, talked about ever really again, that, you know, he winds oh, yeah. up with Luke, right? And and there's no, <laughs> there's no touch points between any of this stuff. It's like, okay, sure. The right? young, yeah, uh, the young Anakin should have been like 20 minutes of a movie and then it should have been like, 10 years later kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> now he's grown up. But yeah, well, and then, sorry, and Richard. It would have made more sense with, with uh, Natalie Portman then too, right? I mean, there wouldn't have been as much of a tragic age gap and maturity gap between the two. Like, it, it yeah. really felt like, you know, she's in her 20s and he's nine. And <laughs> it feels wrong in every which way that you think about it. Yep. Hey, maybe on uh, Naboo, things are a little bit different. Who knows? <laughs> well, they do have Jar Jar Bing characters oh, and a whole geez. race of them. So, And how they never went extinct is far beyond me, yeah. and they developed advanced yeah. technology. So, I mean, they all can't be stupid. Oh, God. So many issues, so many plot holes. Um, for uh, Quickly, just going to mention my favorite Star Wars movie of all time because I just feel like it. It's extremely cliched. It's Empire Strikes Back. We can move on. The correct answer. I it's like it's one of, it's one of the most perfect movies ever made, just in my opinion. I'm a return fan. Really? I still I still liked the Return of the battle, G- Yeah. At the space battle. Yeah. The Jedi fight. Ewoks. You know, a... Richard's like I don't remember Ewoks. <laughs> Ewoks don't exist. Yup nub. Uh-huh. Oh barely. Yeah. Come on, give me a break, yub nub. Actually, I think Nick's only 26 or something. Uh, Clone Wars, yeah, I agree, okay. is the worst one, man. Yeah, Attack of the Clones was like... I actually oh, can't sorry. remember. Clone I actually can't remember. No, whatever. I, I, I actually... Clone Wars. Ne- well, you know what? Neither have I. Speaking of which, that is a lovely Star little Wars? segue. It's a lovely little segue yeah. into Star Wars shows and movies that are coming out in the next bit. A little bit. Exciting. I mean, you guys are going to enjoy Bad Batch I... until you watch eight seasons of Clone Wars. 
I, I got to the last so I on. got to the last season and I don't think I was able to do it and then I wanted to desperately find out what happened to Astoka and in Anakin, right? And so I think I skipped most of it. Like I just read the synopsis mm. and then I got to the last four episodes and I was just like, I'm just gonna watch this because that makes more sense. And and that's what I did. I, I think with the Clone Wars, they did an outstanding job with the technology and I think the art style kind of works in their favor. It felt like an like the the first season felt like a reboot almost in terms of oh the level of technology. Uh, don't well yeah the first season is just you watch it to get it out of the way. You get introduced to to the the hierarchy of leadership mm. and you know where they all kind of fall into it and it kind of sets the tone. Um, realistically i think most of the seasons are all kind of more or less recycled content you know with exception to like a handful of seasons where they're battling like certain characters that have notoriety that play a larger role in the universe um but yeah i i I was saying earlier before the cast started that uh darth maul really came into his own it's only fitting that that's the scene that's playing behind mike here like (laughs) me like he was the most underutilized character in that movie and he has the most interesting story arc over the course of eight seasons seven seasons i guess in um clone wars so you really get a sense of who that character was and what his motivations became and they basically resurrected or exhumed him uh from from death after you you see that first movie and and he really took a central role in the overall plot development and and a lot of the narrative around that um, Republic versus Separatist uh, war, I, I thought it was really really well kind of retconned, I guess if you want to put it that way, um, the way that they brought him back in and implemented him. Well, and it wasn't just him; it was others in his grouping as well. I, and I don't want to ruin it, obviously, right? But uh, like it was their whole society because I mean up until now we'd never seen another character that was quite as fitting as Darth Maul and so now you get introduced into a whole planet worth of people in a society that is that is their goal is kind of and if you kind of relate it back to like uh, Star Trek it's like the equivalent of like Klingons right they're a warrior race essentially the men are warriors, the women are witches, and we all fucking want to over shit. It was, it was, it's really cool. I mean, Patriarchy. Yeah. It, yeah, I guess. When or yeah. how I came about watching it, like, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot of episodes. And then, yeah, they're 20 minutes or whatever each, but still, like, you're talking like 24 episode seasons, the, seven seasons. I would, there's yeah. There's this deep season that came in. Like, it's a lot to go through, but. See, I would watch a two hour, like, synopsis kind of thing. Like, a even if it's yeah. two hours, I would watch, like, a two hour kind of, like, so compressed version. There. Like, and there, yeah. there's so many things that they explore, like, so many different parts of the force. The first time that. Um, you hear about this uh, dyad in the forest, the thing that Rey and Kylo become, is in Clone Wars. You see this dyad, and there's like this other, there's like these three Force-sensitive users that live on the separate planet, and they're like, they're basically at constant battle with each other. And you learn about this dyad, like they're one of them is the father, and then the two children are like one's even, you know, one's dark, one's light, and the the way that that kind of sets the tone for then what you see in in Rey and Kylo 
if you haven't seen that sort of stuff, you're not going to lose out on anything, guaranteed. Like, you totally get what it is that they're going for with these dyads, but, like, that whole arc of, like, two or three episodes that they did on that planet with those people was incredible. It was really good content that plays into the larger universe that eventually turns into, like, the, you know, whatever they call it, the new trilogy. There's stuff in there that's worthwhile. It's just, you know, there's, I'd say... If you were to selectively watch, I could, I'm sure you could Google or, or we could give you like some grouping of like, okay, watch these four episodes, then skip like these 12 episodes and then watch these four because they do it in groupings. They do arcs, right? Mm. Like you're, you're going to go through this arc of three or four episodes, all the Mandalorian stuff, the Mandalorian Wars and, and stolen is really well done uh, with Bo-Katan and you, you get a, a good sense of that and then uh, how she comes into the Mandalorian like you'll get a better sense of how she plays in, in that role versus you know versus how she was in the Clone Wars. So there are some arcs in there that you could probably watch and get a sense of rather than watching a two hour movie. You could just watch like be more than two hours, but you could watch like seven or eight of these arcs and get some really cool storylines in there. It's like reading comics, right? Yeah. Just dive in, watch those things, then dive back out. Yeah, thing I guess if you think of like each episode as a comic book then it's like yeah, exactly. oh read read these read are, these are 12 serial. issues or whatever and that's and you'll exactly. get you'll get serial, like they're all, they're all interconnected but then like the bad batch ones that we were talking about like you could watch the bad batch ones they're one after the other there's only two or three of them and you would then get everything that you need to know about the bad batch you would get and then you could watch like the the echo arc where he like trays and does the thing that he does that then turns him into the thing that he turns into yeah. that he becomes part of the Mad Batch, right? Like, you could probably cherry pick some stuff out of that series if you didn't want to invest everything that you need to invest for those seasons. So speaking of Bad Batch... I can't remember what job I was at at the time, but I definitely watched all those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> On your for second example, monitor. Guaranteed. It's like, oh no, it was my entire monitor. It was <laughs> 100% guaranteed. I don't remember what it was, but I, I did watch them that way. Um, but yeah, Bad Batch, though, I I tried to watch, I almost got through the whole episode, but I didn't realize what bloody time it was, and I didn't realize how long the episode was. I was like, holy shit, it's like an hour and 20 minutes or something. I was like, whoa, it's, okay, it's I gotta go, I gotta go. Yeah, it's like almost it's, a full-on movie. I'm like, holy shit, it's good, it's very good. I, I actually really enjoyed it, and I watched it with uh, uh, my eight-year-old, who was like, he was asking a lot of questions, but he was glued to it. He's like, this is... What's what's that guy? What's he? What's what's his name again? Like, why? What are those aliens with the long necks? It's like, oh, they're Kevin Owens or whatever. It's like, they they made the clones. He's like, ah, okay, okay. Like he was like he was invested and in he was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, but yeah, like even as someone that hasn't, and I really haven't watched Clone Wars. I watched maybe the first two or three episodes when it when uh, Disney Plus first kind of started up. I was like, oh, cool, Clone Wars. I've never watched this before. And I watched the first two or three episodes with him again. Um, it was it was definitely cool, but I just... Things happen, and it's like I just never ended up watching any more of it. And then this whole Bad Batch coming out, I was like, you know what, shit, I should probably check this out. Um, it's... Yeah, it's it's definitely pretty cool. Um, I, th I think Richard and I were both kind of were <laughs> almost in agreement with like that one character's very one-dimensional, the Re uh, Rex, or whatever his name is, Re uh, Raka, or Wrecker, yeah, he's, uh, he's, I, I kind of thought that he was, like, the kid-friendly character, 
who's just like, ha ha ha, I'm a, I'm the comic relief, and I like to break things. I'm like, okay. Dummy. Yeah, he's a big I'm dummy. I'm gonna wreck it. I'm gonna wreck it, and, 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 and kids, and kids are gonna love him. Kids are gonna, bear. yeah, kids are gonna love him, right? So they, they and of course, that, that teddy bear, they're gonna start selling those. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. He'll be the one that every in, kid uh, wants. In right? the mobile game I play, he's got now the coolest animation. So they introduced him a couple weeks back. Uh, but he, his animation for one of his moves, uh, he picks up, like, he materializes a B1 battle droid, the Roger Roger droid. Ha! He just tears it in half and then takes the two halves and just starts beating the opponents with it. <laughs> uh, totally. I, like, I'm sold on him, but then I was saying to Dan, like, it's just like, and he had no personality, just completely flat, just like, I'm going to run and wreck it. Which is fine, like, okay, to your point, like, uh, I was I was referencing, I don't know if anyone else has watched Rebels, but in Rebels, there's Zeb, who has at least a few more dimensions to him, but he's also kind of like, I'm just going to go in and wreck it kind of guy. <laughs> but eventually, he gets a lot more depth to him with some background episodes. The challenge with these guys is, like, they're all from the same batch. Like, they're, they're just, like, or not the same batch, but they're all from, like, they don't have a, um, like... Uh, Lothmer, Lomer, wherever Zeb is from. Like, he's got a planet. You can go to the planet. You can explore that and, and all that sort of stuff. Same thing with Ezra and Kanan and all these guys. But you don't have that with these guys. They, like, what you're starting with in the first episode of Bad Batch is kind of the genesis of, or at least the, the kind of the point where this thing is going to take place now. So there's still a large part of unexplored Star Wars territory there in post Order 66. You see that a little bit with uh, Kanan, who's Caleb in that first episode. Again, slight spoiler, but like that's the genesis of that guy for Rebels. And hopefully they go and kind of happen to meet a bunch of other Jedis who have escaped or, or gone into isolation or what have you. Like there's just a lot of space there, but not a lot of space for them to explore the depth of these characters. They are who they are. They are who you saw in the Clone Wars and... If he's just going to be a big dummy who runs in the battle. Like, it's going to be a pretty, pretty boring character for 16 episodes. But, but not even that. Think of the other character, right? They introduced a kid character, Omega, and it'll be interesting to do to see what they do. I mean, like the end, the end piece of it was interesting, right? I mean, I've never been anywhere, so it's it's kind of that awe factor about you know space. And of course, they zoomed into her, uh, her eyes, and you see you know the light show going on with them jumping light speed. Um, but if you pay close attention, as they're inputting all the commands to the ship and they're getting ready to leave, uh, you can see that there's like an aspect of, oh, she's intelligent, right? She was working with um, that medical whatever person type of thing. So, I mean, there's obviously something else there that they're not necessarily, but yeah. there's a lot of foreshadowing as her technical ability. I mean, she was able to shoot a rifle, no problem, right? So you know, once they kind of dive a little bit more into her backstory, like, what is her genetic makeup? Like, why is she a female? Why is she doesn't look like any of the other clones, but she is a clone. Yeah, that was the interesting part was, like, she is she is a clone, but she's, like, a special, like, genetically modified, like, unique one-off creation or whatever you want to call it. Alteration kind of, unit. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. I'll, I'll keep watching it for sure. I know, uh... The, the only other show coming out this year was that Book of Boba Fett, which is, like, apparently December. Right. Which, wow. when Disney says something's coming out at a certain time, I'd like to believe them. So, and since it's streaming online, it's the show's probably done. It's just, at this point, they're, you know, editing, post-production, all that kind of stuff, so... Mm. 
And they did tease it at uh, at the end of Mandalorian season two, wasn't it? Like the like the post credit scene or whatever. They were like when Boba Fett sat in the the throne in Jabba's palace. It was like, oh yeah, baby. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. And it was like Book of Boba Fett coming to twenty twenty one. I was like, oh. So yeah, that was. Uh, so I, I can believe that coming out. Oh yeah. I can believe that coming out this year, and I know season three of Mandalorian is going to be next year, but. Um, in terms of games, I know, like, I know Star Wars Squadrons keeps on getting updates. Wow, um, really? Yeah, and, like, they were saying, oh, we're never, we're not going to release any updates for the yeah. game. I'm like, what the hell? They keep on releasing, like, new DLC and stuff. I'm like, well, what the hell? Because I don't think they expected it to sell as much as it did. Well, it was a $30 game, right? So, I mean, you expected very little from it, but, I mean, it gave, I think it, it, Opened the door, especially with the VR aspect, right? I mean, a lot of that, people were just like, I just yeah. want to fly in, in an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter all over again, bring back the 90s, uh, and they did such a good job with it. I mean, like, some of their scenes, like, I, I was into it, but then I was just like, ah, it just felt so recycled after about the 10th time that I just, I didn't do it. And then I was trying to play the story missions, and I and I kind of just lost interest in it. Well, um, that's the thing. Because, like, like, the Battlefront... I don't know if Battlefront one, but I know Battlefront two had the whole dogfight, really, like the really good dogfighting in the really in space. Good. But then they had a fully fledged single player campaign. They had all the multiplayer stuff. You could play as any character. You could ride in the adats and the ATSTs and all that. Like Star Wars Squadrons, like you you can dogfight in ships. Like what else can you do? So, now so there, there's it, nothing it, else. <laughs> there's nothing else. Yeah, the, the Battlefront two stuff was. It was limited. Um, it was limited. I know that for sure. Yeah. It was very limited, and it was very arcadey mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're they're different, but um, uh, even like some of the like even the single player for Battlefront Two was it was know, it was fine. It was fine. Okay. Yeah. But the fact the thing I mean, is like the fact that they included that as like sure. like this game. Obviously, it was a full price like AAA game and everything, but it like sure was. Like squadrons, brand new. Oh yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, squadrons was like, it was almost like it. It was almost like it was teasing something better, if you know what I mean. It was like, fuck, this this could have been so much better. Incredible, right? Like they they kept supporting it, and they they really went to town, like fixing stuff (laughs) after post launch with the unlockables and everything like that. Like a lot of the post content that their post launch content that they released was really good and um uh you know added to the game so i haven't played any of that shit i just i was there for the start of it and exactly i have an enjoyable time i, but, I um, still have to play in vr i still have to play in vr are you talking about squadrons yeah okay sorry i'm talking about battlefront 2 oh sorry sorry i thought you were talking about well-supported game. Yeah, Battlefront Two is yeah, like a it's, it's leaps and bounds. Yeah, Battlefront Two. They were like they shit the bed when it first came out. It was like the Completely. most the most bombed game of all time, and then it was like, oh, oops, okay. How about we make it good now? The loot boxes and microtransactions and shit. Oh, dude, that was just big, ridiculous. Loot boxes, but it was mostly the the time to unlock. So there was. <laughs> Were, it's like 8,000 uh, hours or like, something. Yeah, it was something like that. Like, if you wanted a free-to-play unlock Darth Vader for Battlefront 2, which, so, like, 
for context for anyone who hadn't played Battlefront 2, the way that you unlock legendary characters is you accumulate these battle points in battle, and then you can cash them in for, like, now I'm going to pilot an ATST, now I'm going to pilot an ATAT, now I'm going to be fucking Darth Vader. So, in order to even unlock the ability to be Darth Vader in the game, you had to you had to spend these battle points outside of the game that you would then unlock the ability to spend battle points in match, like CSGO or uh, Counter-Strike style, like you would accumulate cash and you would spend it. Um, so yeah, their whole thing was like, it's basically impossible for somebody to get to the point of being able to be Darth Vader without spending money. They almost immediately rolled that back. I think it was within like a few days they rolled that back and changed oh, that, the unlock. Rate. Dude, it was such a uh, goddamn disaster that like well, that I think I think I think Belgium or whatever. Yeah, Belgium was like they outlawed loot boxes or some shit because of this. It was like holy Christ. Yeah. Like countries like started adding laws like federal laws against this stuff. I'm like, oh my god, way to go, Battlefront 2. When when Squadron's released, everybody's like, oh, fucking watch out. Yeah. You know, Battlefront 2, everybody remembers. And then it was just like, no, everything's fine. It's like, oh, wait. (laughs) Here it all is. It's like, it's all free. Here's all the free DLC. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I think EA has developed a bad reputation. I mean, they've always had a really shady, uh, from a corporation standpoint, right, as a publisher, you know, their, their money model is questionable at best. Uh, and, and, you know, but Epic is like that too these days, right? And, but oh, Epic's think, no better. Epic's but, but, no they, better. but they've gotten, they, the way they've positioned these loot boxes now is that while, yeah, you can sure you can pay money, the, the loot boxes are nothing than visual styles right it's to basically say hey i've spent more money than you right but there there's no applicable difference to the gameplay whatsoever other than bragging rights that you are in a certain skin right and i think that's a good way i mean you're still going to get people who are going to throw money at stuff but if the gameplay changes then again then that loot crate kind of model comes back into play and you know, j- just like governments around GTA and trying to ban, you know, certain violence in video games, this is almost heads and tails above that because now you're going to get like six and seven year olds that are going to be all over this game because it's Star Wars and their parents don't care. And they're going to be like, hey, mom, I-, I want this for, and it's like Roblox, right? You can throw money at Roblox and, you know, you'll never, it's a black hole. It's a well, black yeah. hole. Trust me, I have first hand knowledge of. <laughs> the Roblox black hole. Um, I know, uh, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order got a, like, a, it's, well, it's getting, like, a next-gen or, I guess, current-gen patch, like, very, very soon. From, a, I'm assuming, PS5 and Series yeah. X and stuff. Yeah, um, there's no, I don't think there's, like, an official release date for it, but I... I know I keep saying this, but I, I really do want to keep playing that game. Like it was, it was such a good game. Um, but I, I had a hard time getting used to the fact that like, you had access to almost everything immediately, but like there's some things you you shouldn't do yet because you're too weak. If you know what I mean, like it was like, yeah, you can go fight that boss if you want. You're gonna get fucking killed, but go for it. I'm like, what, what, what? And then he like you'd go try to fight this boss and you'd get immediately annihilated. And like, oh, this is supposed to happen, right? It's one of those like planned cinematic kills. I'm like, nope. 
he just killed you because you're way too low level. I'm like, oh shit, this is weird. This is that type of game. It's like a Metroid-style game where it's like you can go do stuff, but you probably shouldn't. You should probably go level up first or like unlock things. And like once I got the hang of that, I was like, okay, and I just moved on to something else. But like Jedi Fallen Order is such a good game. It was like the characters are amazing and like the gameplay itself was amazing, but I think this might Did be I... the reason to kind of like push me back into it. Did I tell you I went to Dothamir first. Yeah, so play that game. that's yeah. So even right off the bat, it's like which one of these two planets do you want to go to? If you go to the wrong one, you're gonna have a bad time. So, so they tell you like the, the little <laughs> yeah. like, pilot dude is like, well, I don't fucking know about that. Like, and so I went anyway. And that's what I did. I was there with my brother-in-law. It's one of those seminal gaming moments where we're both like, no, better. Don't don't worry about it. It's okay. And so we went. The next four hours we spent on Dothamir, let me tell you, it was horrible. <laughs> uh, like, just getting <laughs> trounced and destroyed. Until finally we beat uh, kind of a like a mini-boss type thing, and we got access to a super awesome weapon that is now currently in uh, Mike's field of view here. Um, <laughs> that you don't get access to otherwise. So now, like, we did this thing, we, we got to that point, we fucking left the planet as soon as we could after that, and uh, went to the pr- planet that we were supposed to go to, but now we have this cool-ass weapon that allows for crowd control and a completely different gameplay experience on these other planets. So very, very Metroidvania-style, but also, like, if you just want to brute-force this, like, go for it, you know, you're, you're welcome to try. Yeah, and you'll yeah. get rewarded for it if you actually are able to break through and, <laughs> yeah. and do the thing. I thought that was kind of a unique approach to it. Yeah, it was. It was very, very unique. It like the the characters, the characters in the game looked shockingly good. I was like, what the hell? Like it was. It's still some of the best character models I think I've ever seen in the game. Um, I can't remember the name, the, the black woman that's on the ship with you, I can't remember her name, but she was, like, an amazing looking character model. Like, I've actually, uh, when I saw her, I was like, I've seen you in a movie before, wait a minute, this is a video game character, what the hell? <laughs> she just looked like the voice actress. But it was really cool. Um, I know, the only other Star Wars game that's kind of, like, come out recently was the Star Wars Pinball VR, which is hilarious. Yeah. But I've heard I've heard a lot of like actually good things about it. I'm like, huh? How the hell? Okay, that's weird. But like, uh, yeah, it came out. I don't actually know what I think it was. P- it came out on PS4, PS5, whatever. And uh, I don't know if it was like a an Oculus exclusive or whatever, or if it's on Steam as well. But I know it it it's like something like ten different Star Wars pinball games all in all in one package in VR. I never thought of I never thought of playing pinball in VR. I'm like, what? But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, eh, wait a minute, that would be kind of cool actually, because you could like actually see what's happening on the board. Yeah. Like, so kind of kind of neat idea. They're if you if you haven't played them, Nick's nodding his head. They're the Zen pinball ones. Like, they're a ton of fun. I've played Um, those. I've played those. They're, they're not your obviously your, they're 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 your digital pinball yeah yeah games right they're not your traditional pinball games so um funny you, you mentioned that like i'm uh, thinking about for my new home office and my new place that i'm coming into in, in the summer 
uh, getting the one up arcade. Um, yeah, the the screen, the screen Star Wars or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like so so then you get the full like pinball experience. Still the it's still the game. It's still Zen pinball, but then you get them with the playing field and you get like the board in the back and everything like that. Um, so I just need to work on my wife. Like convincing her that this is a solid investment in my life. <laughs> it's not an investment by any means. It is a pure expense. So I I would hold off on that one a little longer, only because oh. this is their first gen stuff, and uh, I know that they have the Marvel pinball machines kind of lined up. They have a couple of different pinball machines lined up. What will happen, much like the one up other arcades, is they'll have. Uh, um, enterprising individuals who will go out of their way to figure out how to go about enhancing that, right? Because these screens are obviously mass-produced. They're relatively okay resolution. Construction-wise is fine. Uh, back headboard is fine. But I already know of a bunch of people that have gone over there, taken the whole thing apart, uh, dropped in like a whole bunch of other upgrade, like uh, like larger rocker kits and stuff like that. So yeah. when you're hitting bumpers and stuff like that, like it really goes. Um, and, and all of that is to enhance the uh, the overall feel of the machine, right? Um, one thing that I know people have done is they've increased the size of the actual um, screen. They've been able to find slightly bigger ones that fit bigger because when you think of pinball machine, obviously there is no screen tradition. So uh, the bezel on this obviously is uh, is a factor. So they've tried to find better ways of factoring in bigger monitors. Um, and I think they've actually had to go with um, PC monitors just because the TV form factor obviously is not conducive. And monitor form factors are all over the freaking place. Um, but again, it's, it's a black hole. How much do you want to throw into something within a marginal way of looking at it but then other people have gone in there and dropped in a whole raspberry pies and they've added a whole virtual pinball system to it right and virtual pinball has been around for quite a long time but people have made full-size pinball machines uh you know you throw in all the indiana jones stuff you throw in like any pinball that's been virtualized and you essentially get that exposure and, and that experience yeah, be, be warned. It's it's all out there, and uh, but I think these Gen One systems. I mean, even with the TMNT, it was a Gen Three, right? And so you can see markable improvements in the construction and the overall uh, build of it. But that's a good point. Um, yeah, do just, it. Just, just don't do even. It. Just why, do why, it. why are you? Why are you so, listening so, to Nick? Just do it. No, no. But, why even? This <laughs> is even a discussion for your wife. I, I don't understand. Like, how how is it involved? Uh, well, Nick, when we when all the money flows into one account, it, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, that's that's your one issue. Right? <laughs> I'm one of many. Non, I'm sure, it's a non-reversible but... issue. Yeah. See, I, I dodged <laughs> I dodged that bullet. Never had that problem. So, um... speaking of other Star Wars games coming out. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a really shitty-looking Star Wars Hunters game coming out for uh, mobile and Switch. What you want? You want to play a competitive arena combat game? Like, nope. Actually, want to play a competitive arena combat Star Wars game? Thank you. Is it a battle royale? Oh, probably. Oh no, no, it's not. (sighs) If it's free, (laughs) if it's free on mobile, I will download it and try it. Games as a service. I think it's. uh, I think it's going to be free to play. 
was a there was a beta for it, and I'm pretty sure the best way to explain it is basically uh, Force Arena, but uh, more upgraded. So if anybody played Force Arena, it's essentially um, a real it's a real time strategy game with cards. Essentially, mm. it's like a card battler. No. Oh, so it's like Heathstone and uh, or Hearthstone type of thing. Hearthstone, but then you no, know, it's Hearthstone. <laughs> it's fucking Earth. It's fucking Hearthstone. What do you want me to say? It's got good game. You might as well just play one or whatever it's called. Might as well just play Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that. Jeez. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Jesus Christ! The Yu-Gi-Oh. other okay, so the other Star Wars game that's coming out, which I am legitimately looking forward to, and I don't care what anyone says, is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. I'll make fun of you for that. It's the now the thing is, this is like literally every single Star Wars movie ever, like yeah. including Rogue One and Solo, and it's like through the entire. And from what I've heard, is they've completely revamped the kind of gameplay mechanic for the whole Lego Star Wars games because they've all been the same. They've all been like, you go into a room, you smash the fuck out of everything you see, you do maybe one puzzle and then you move on to the next room and do the same thing over and over and again. It's, they're fun enough, but apparently with this new one, they've it's quite a lot more dynamic and a lot more interesting. Like the, the gameplay is more it's it, it basically what they've been saying is it's going to be it's going to be a lot different than the previous whatever it's been nine Lego Star Wars games that they've released. Um but yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked. It's it looks really great. They've been spending a crap load of time making it, so they they still have no freaking release date for it. It's just like 2021 sometime maybe. So but, but Lego games are money makers, you know. Like I've I've played a lot of them, and oh I yeah, found the more powerful Switch or sorry, the more powerful consoles are a little bit better. I, I just find the Switch tends to get a little janky on its resolution. Um, Dude, I played and, yeah, I played the Lego City Lego City Undercover. I think it was. Yeah, that was fun. I played that on the I think it was on the Switch or the Wii U or something like that. It was. It was fine, and then it came out on, I think it was Xbox One or PS4, I can't remember which one, but it was so much better. It was just like, the, the, it was a much more powerful machine that I played it on the second time. Everything was better. It just, it loaded faster, everything was quicker, everything looked better, the controls were smoother. per second make a big difference. It does, man. <clears> in, a game like that, like... in a game like that, you're playing for 20 hours, I'm like, yeah, it does, it's a massive difference. Right. I'd be interested in, in picking that up for a console. I mean, we've we've always played it on the Switch. Just my kids like to that to to get into a type of thing. That's it's one of their boredom games. And, you have a Series uh, X, right? Huh? You have a Series X, right? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lego Lego like the the new Skywalker one for Series X would be great. Well, Aiden's got my uh, my old Scorpio up in the front room. And oh yeah, I'm uh, sure it'll work on both too. That's a nice thing. Yeah. 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 Um, fellas, we've been chatting for a very long time. Um, I think it's a good time to to say goodbye to our massive audience out there. Um, 
I think we will be back next week with something a little bit different. I know there's going to be... Uh, we have a few... Well, I have a few <laughs> ideas for some future shows, which may or may not include uh, like an in-review type deal for certain games, certain shows, certain movies. Um, but yeah. I want to. I want it to be fun. I want people to actually want to listen to it. So there you go. I bid you all. I want to listen to it, Dan. You want I to listen. I want to listen to it. Well, that's all that matters, Richard. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got tails. Where's meow, meow. Where's Sonic? Oh, uh, he's too fat. He's probably slumming someplace up and <laughs> underneath the kid's bed or someplace. Oof. Next little uh, next pussy is on his lap. <laughs> and on that note, I'll say good night.